2: And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. It felt like I was in somebody else's body. Where before, you know, when I say, hey, I want to throw the ball in or away or whatever it is, like, you know, I had that, I could just do it. Where now it's like, all right, you're trying to tell yourself to do it and your body just doesn't want to listen. Did you find yourself being thankful when you actually threw a strike at that time? Of course. You know, I, I mean, that was unusual. People make fun of it, and I'll laugh about it now, but I mean, not even a strike. I just hope the catcher was going to catch it, and I mean that. Oh.
1: That is Rick Ankeel. He's yeah. now 39 years old. One of the most interesting. He's got a. Do we got a 30 30 on him. I don't know, but. Why don't we have they, a 30 30? There needs to be, be one, on 51,
3: yeah. yeah. That was him a... on Real Sports with Brian Gumble last year.
1: Yes. He. He uh, comes from Florida, kid. He debuted in 1999, so he was 20. Uh, might have been 19. In fact, his birthday is uh, no. He was 20 years old when he debuted for the Cardinals. Uh, they pitched him in the playoffs right away. Gave Against, him a the start, right? Yep. Against the Braves, right? Yeah. Uh, Against the Braves, and all of a sudden he was he was uh, he was he was Shohei Otani yes. before Shohei Otani, left-handed pitcher. <laughs> Threw through bullets and could hit and it was gonna be two ways. Playing you
4: know? in the heartbeat of baseball in yeah, St. St. Louis, Louis
1: man. They loved him, man, and all of a sudden he got that, in the head and couldn't throw it. That L
3: D S game I will never forget it against yeah. against the Braves where he threw they gave it was him like start. five or six wild pitches in that one in Yeah, inning, they I
1: gave think. him the start and it was done. He was uh you know, the twins had that with that Wimmers kid mm-hmm. and who'd been fine all through spring training walked a couple of this was when he was sent to minor league spring training, walked a couple of guys at his last spring training game, and the first time he got behind a plate, he like couldn't throw a strike. And that took him a year and a half to get over.
3: Didn't okay. that happen to happen to Mark Wohlers, too, didn't it? The, to the, the some degree, Braves, yeah. the, Calder, the most famous guy problems. is
1: Steve Blass from Pittsburgh, who was a great great pitcher for the pirates when they were terrific and ended up being an announcer he never once he never did figure out how to throw strikes again and mm. he ended up becoming an announcer he was like their 21 year old ace of a great team and a couple of years later he showed up and couldn't hit the batting cage I'm unfamiliar with the name when did he Speed come up Blast, with last b l a s s you'd have to look up like where 70s he was first. Yeah, seventy, seventy-one. Okay. Was he on the team that won it in seventy? Probably was on the team that won it in seventy. He's still in their announcing booth, I think. Okay, because uh, they, out of sympathy, they made him an announcer. But Rick and here's the here's why Rick and Keel is the sports person of the day. He's thirty-nine. He's the father of two. He must have recently seen the movie The Rookie, uh, which uh, Dennis Quaid in 2002 playing the real-life character Jimmy Morse, a left-handed pitcher who was coaching high school baseball, right, Mm -hmm. and uh, ended up making comeback and he ended up pitching 15 innings in the big leagues. Well, he must have got this because five years into his retirement and 14 years since he threw his last competitive pitch, and Kiel is considering a return to professional baseball as a pitcher. He was in Louisville, Kentucky Wednesday night. There's a tournament down there called the the Bluegrass World Series. And I think uh, big leaguers kind of put all-star teams together. They're amateurs. But this tournament had Chipper Jones, Johnny Damon, Jack Peavy, and Roy Oswald. Holy cow. <laughs> so, and Kiel was on this team. And, but. Ankeel was there pitching. His wife Lori was there. Their two boys were there. It is the rookie, right? Does awesome. have two boys? Yeah. And uh, watched from the stands at Louisville Slugger Field, summer home of the Bluegrass World Series. Ankele had already had two hits and driven in four runs when he went out to the mound and uh, and started the pitching and uh, threw it well. And he said he's considering a comeback. I got to think Mike Vex on the phone today, don't you? <laughs> oh, how
3: great would <laughs> yeah, that be? Mike that would Beck. be pretty cool.
1: I would think Mike Vex on the phone. They got a month to help us with our drive for the American Association pennant. Uh, but Ann Keel, he's uh, 39 now and uh, seems to be fairly good natured about the fact that he yeah. went nuts but
4: what a career and I, I i think i've mentioned this before but one of the most impressive things i've seen on a baseball field was he was playing outfield for i don't know if it was the cardinals or the Roy, whoever he was playing for but the Braves, they were in maybe. san diego and his throw to third base from the right center field wall on a one, it was one of the most impressive outfield throws okay. I've ever who, seen in my life. Who
1: was he with? Kansas City when he hit two here in one game?
3: I think it might two have been two bombs at Target well, Field. Had, it might have
1: been the first year. It he, might have been. He had
3: he had one year where he hit like 25, 26 yeah. home runs. I yeah. think he was was he with the Braves? Maybe he, he, when he did that. You know what? There. He was striking
1: out before it was fashionable. After <laughs> they got rid of him, too bad he didn't stick around. But he hit, I think he hit two here in Target uh, Field one night, and they were and on a day game as i recall and they were bombs he just absolutely killed them maybe 2011 something like that so
3: he uh, hit 25 home runs in 2008 with he was still with the cardinals oh okay. how about 25 2011? Home runs. 2011 2011 this
1: was in target field i remember him hitting
3: 2011 when was he, with he Kansas was with the city Wasn't he with
1: Kansas City?
3: He was with Kansas City in 2010. Okay, 2010. So that might have been when it was.
1: Target Field. He was with the Nationals in 2011. First Target Field, he had two. I I swear to God, he had two in one game. If I'm right about this, I'm not going to go to memory care for a while. (laughs) If I'm right about this, I'm not going to go. Rick Ankeel is our Sports Person of the Day. Fantastic. One other note that has me very distressed one of my heroes of radio was art bell oh yeah i loved art bell if you were in the car at night uh listening to art convince people that uh we had aliens and all kinds of good stuff he's the guy (laughs) that got poor bob davis to drive around the country before the millennium ended and the world was gonna end but uh,
4: this is the theme
1: this is art
4: Coast to Coast with Art Bell on AM 1500. Kenny, did you see this about
1: poor old Art? What? Art died no. oh. April 13th, 2018. Uh, the coroner's report guess... came out uh, just this week. A prescription drug cocktail of oxycodone, hydrocodone, Valium, and a mus- muscle relaxant were found in Bell's system.
2: Hydro is uh, Vicodin. Okay. But well, that's a lot of stuff. That's
1: a lot of stuff. Uh, so they said was... it was an accidental overdose, but... Ooh,
4: uh, that's kind of like a hat trick. You know,
1: I suppose when you've stayed up at night yeah. for a thousand years, you might need something to help you sleep. I don't know.
2: Uh, uh, that's really sad.
1: That is. Because uh, he always seems so calm. Yeah. Maybe well, he was in there smoking reefers Maybe well, well, All right. of
2: those are narcotics That make you very calm <laughs> So, <laughs> to the I point, don't think he needed reefers
1: Unfortunately they made Art As calm as you can get He uh, passed away from this accidental overdose I loved Art Yeah he was fun Alright to hell with you two guys I don't have to take your guff anymore April 17th, 2010. So we're early in Target Field's history, right? Okay. Uh, Rick Kiel, two for four, two home runs. Three RBIs. Wow!
4: With look at you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow! For the
4: Royals.
3: Steel trap of a
4: mind. Right yet, here. Yet a half an hour ago, he didn't know where Eric Decker was drafted.
1: <laughs> 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 well, I'm a little better on
2: Twins lore. Yes, you I are. are well, I'm not going
4: to question you on that's, that. You are right. That's true. And how can we? F- I mean, it's it's tough to separate Twins' dysfunction in in Target Field's history.
1: Well, that was the only... That's true. That's the one year. That's the only (laughs) non-dysfunctional year. That's what caused everybody to ask me, and then following March, can we beat the Yankees this year? We can't even beat the White Sox, for God's sake. (laughs) All right. We got a new... uh, Let's call it for what it is. Gimmick. (laughs) Some people would say bit mm-hmm. segment we'll call it a gimmick and i was talking to the program director and this came to me as if from uh from outer space uh <laughs> here's what we, we, we i wanted to get manny and uh reivers more involved and i said it's time to have them give me some forceful opinions and then i can tell them why they are wrong so this is the first and hopefully not the last, why you're wrong segment. We'll start with the guy most likely to be wrong, (laughs) Reavers. All
4: right. I was looking for a sound bite to to play there. I'm sorry. No, here we go. Uh, So you're going to tell me why I'm wrong. Yes, tell you
1: why you're wrong, and there's an outside chance you're going to be right, and then we'll agree. But that on
4: it. doesn't matter because that's what makes sports talk radio <laughs> the fun. The emphasis is hoping you're wrong, but maybe you won't be. You know, um, I am a lifelong, diehard Viking fan slash follower, yes. and I have been programmed to always expect the worst when I'm supposed to be expecting something great. And I don't know what it is. I think it stems a little bit on our offensive line discussion yesterday. I got a feeling that, and you know what else factors into this decision? Matthew Collar, I don't know if he said it on our show or if he said it with Mackie and Judd, said that no team that had a 13-win season and didn't have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback never repeated that same season the following year. I don't know why I got a bad feeling about the Vikings this year. I'm not saying they're, it's going to be a collapse. I still think they'll be a playoff team, but with the revenge on the so, Green Bay Packers' mind, the return of Aaron Rodgers, I don't think they're going to win the division. So let's.
1: Oh, so mm. this is a. This is, uh, and I truly it's, do it's I truly t- do think this that I'm not making opinion. this up. Yeah. yeah I, no, okay. I
4: I think the Packers are going to win the division. I uh, I
1: I think you are wrong in this case because the Packers already have guys getting hurt. The Packers have a much thinner roster than the Vikings everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere across the well maybe not across the offensive line. Everywhere else they are thin. They've already lost one of their linebackers. They don't they got a terrible collection of linebackers. They lost one of their starters. Their backup now, the guy they're going to have to play is a third round draft choice. And third rounders are iffy, iffy, and uh, I don't think the Packers. I, I was going to say my, my next time we do hot takes or something. My hot take is the Packers and the New England Patriots, neither of them will make the playoffs. Holy cow! This is collapse year. This is collapse year for the Packers. Oh my, that's a scolding hot sports take. Even with Rodgers, the Packers are not going to be good. What the Packers have going for them is they're in the same division as the Bears and the Lions. The Lions had that, that... as a, as a lifelong observer of the Lions, <laughs> once in a while, they blip upward. but To play in a wild when, card game. Blip upward a little bit. But when push comes to shove, they're still the Lions, and they suck.
3: The Lions uh, are kind of like the, the professional version of gopher football. Yes, once, they are. They're once every pee, 10, 12 years, pee they'll pee pop, pop up we get and have to a go nice to year. To the and...
1: Citrus Bowl. <laughs> and uh, the Lions, you know, what have they won? They've won... Have they did they win a playoff game recently? I don't know. No, they haven't won a playoff game they since they play- beat
4: Dallas in ninety-two.
1: And that's the only playoff game they've won
4: they since they went to the 19- NFC championship. That's the game only that playoff year. game yeah.
1: they've won since 1957 or eight. Here's so the other reason out. I'm
4: saying that. The, look at the past championship game losers, especially in the NFC Arizona a couple of years ago. There's a there's a but,
1: bit of a drop-off but here's, here's why you're wrong. This team is loaded they are they have the number 1 defense okay let's say they become the number 8 defense and they got weapons and if dalvin cook is as good as everybody says he is i think i think they win 11 and the and the uh they I'm not saying they're going to sweep the Packers, but I I I think this Packers are going to be eight-8. Eight.
4: When you watched that game because they actually they just replayed the Anthony Barr hit on Rodgers because they had a rule change in there, but when going into that game, remember the Vikings were 3 and 2 and I think the Packers might have
3: had the same record. The Packers were 4 and 1.
4: Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. And then so yeah, so the Vikings won and they were both 4 and 2 and obviously their seasons went in completely opposite directions, but the Vikings were kind of going into that game thinking, "All right, if we can hold our own here, but the Packers were the better team going into that game. And the Vikings obviously the, the Rodgers injury led a lot to their success and-
1: but, but but the Packers defense became horrible right and they've they've tried to boost it with draft choice they got a bunch of guys in the secondary playing who are going to be rookie. They got young guys playing in the secondary. They only got a couple of, of, of veteran guys. But you have they to admit, Rodgers go is again.
4: good enough to cover up a oh, lot he of that is, stage. he is,
1: but I, I think the Vikings win the division and they win it easy. I think they, they go 11 or 12. They're just loaded. This is the most loaded team. Well, this is a better balanced team than 98, but I wouldn't put them in the same class because they're not going to score 35 points a game. But they're This is the best team in 20 years, no doubt about it. I think better than the 2009 team, I think. The 2009 team, let's face it, we don't know where that team was going if the idiot... 49ers cover the guy in the back of it. Wasn't it the 49ers? Yes, it was the yeah, 49ers. Great they were They stunk against Cleveland well, in the remember opener. They,
3: remember, remember the Baltimore game, too, that year yeah. at home? where yeah. uh, What's his name? the Kevin. Yeah, he missed a field goal at the end. That would have won it for yeah. the Ravens.
1: That team, was, uh, that team was... Now, I'll say one thing. They were remindful of the 1987 Minnesota Twins. They played their arse off in the postseason. That team, they... They played oh, their best football the in the postseason. They played their best football. They destroyed football in the postseason. Cowboys in that game. And then they outplayed New Orleans. But I, it's the best team since '98. I, I think you're wrong, not because you're Reavers, but it is. <laughs> and I think you make a reasonable point. I, I just think they're going to be really good. Yeah. and I like okay, Cousins. thank you. I like Cousins. I mean, I think Cousins top eight nine quarterback.
4: I really mm-hmm. think they're going to get off to a slow start, though, just with okay. all the new factors.
1: And whatnot. Well, I anyway, hope but... so, just to see Zim get irritated. Oh, let's fun. face it. It's not fun unless he's it, irritated. Unless Zim's got the yeah. RA, It's not really fun. You yeah. like to see Zim mad. Okay, Manny Hill, what is your opinion that I'm going to tell you you're wrong about?
3: Well, I, you guys know I love my guy, Eddie Escobar. Yes. And even though he's no longer a member of the Minnesota Twins. And, and my thought is this. I think he's going to be back here next year. I think the Twins are going to resign him and bring him back in the offseason, and he's going to be the third baseman next year. Hmm. Because I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the current guy that's sitting back there now at third base, that uh, he's going to be in the right shape to be in that position. That
1: rarely happens. And, of course, this is a completely different administration. It did happen here once, Aguilera. Mm-hmm. When they, that's the only time I can really think of him bringing a guy back after they traded him. Uh, and they brought him back to be a starting pitcher. You know why he came back here? he wanted to be a starting pitcher so he could play golf but uh <laughs> you know if you're a reliever you can't play golf right and then that didn't work out and he became a closer again
3: yeah
1: i don't think it's going to happen i think uh you know it depends it a lot of it depends on how he plays in Arizona and if the market if if all of a sudden there's a really good market for him the market for the need for him is probably greater here than it is anywhere Almost, well, right? especially
4: in Arizona, because yeah. the reason they got him was Lamb got hurt. Yeah, who's their starting and, third baseman? But I raceman. mean, now
1: just around okay, Atlanta or somebody. If he wanted to go to Florida, you not going to go to either of those teams because they don't pay. So uh, if he wanted to go, because he lives in Florida now,
3: and that's but, that's the reason why I think he's going to be back because I think he, I think he really liked it here. I think the fans love. I mean, the fans have no mm-hmm. bearing on whether or not he's going to come back, but. I think he was very comfortable here, and I think he really enjoyed his time here. And I, I could see them paying him, you know, giving him three and thirty-four yep. or something like that to come back here. I don't think it's out base. of the
1: question, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think you're wrong. That's that's it. Why you're wrong? Okay, thank you. We're, we'll have to see if it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's our soundbite for it. Okay, Rattle right. yeah. <laughs> saying. Okay, okay, thank, thank you. you. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll see if that ever comes back again. But that was.
2: Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. <laughs> this update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, and zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Uh, the Twins will be back at it tomorrow night at Target Field. They open up a three-game weekend series against the Royals. Other games today, Tampa Bay beat the Angels 4-2, St. Louis Edge at Colorado, walk-off base hit, three to two of the final. There. White Sox beat Kansas City six to four. Uh, Lance Lynn, Twins traded him, of course, and uh, he now has a starting spot again. The Yankees say they will take Sonny Gray out of their rotation, and Lynn will join the rotation. The Lynx back at it after the WNBA All-Star break. They have a stretch of games kicking off tonight against the Sparks in Los Angeles. They're in Seattle tomorrow night, Sunday back at home against Atlanta, then play Chicago on the road Tuesday. They better let
1: Lindsay play 15, 16 minutes tonight if she's skipping a trip to Italy <laughs> to
2: play for this team. The playoff chase is tight. The Lynx are currently third, four games behind Seattle, but only a game and a half ahead of eighth place Dallas, who's holding on to the final spot in the, the Sparks trail,
1: are just, not playing that well. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the uh, Lynx. They aren't playing up to their full potential.
2: The uh, Gopher, as Patrick just said, their women's basketball team has announced they're heading to Italy later this month, but the coach won't be going with them.
1: Did you hear what Mackey was talking about today about this league, this five-on-five league that they got? Jim dead has a team. and uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. How they finish these games. Mm-mm. Uh when there's 4 minutes to go.
3: Oh yeah, I, I did see I this. I think this is pretty good.
1: Yeah. When there's the next stoppage in play, you add, you stop the game, you turn off the clock and you play to let let's say the score is 100 to 90, mm-hmm. you play to 100 to and 7. In other words, they add 7 points to the highest point total huh. and you play that way which you Cuts down on the fouling at the, you know, you Wait don't, a minute,
4: wait a minute, wait. You so, don't, okay. Start It's over, 190, so there's okay. four
1: minutes to go. Somebody throws the ball out of bounds.
4: Okay. You s- turn off the clock. Clock's over. Clock, mm-hmm.
1: And you're playing to 107.
4: Regardless of so what, how long takes it takes. So this takes away yeah. the
1: incentive to foul, you know, you can't you, you foul don't want a to give team away and points. put them at the line, sure. yeah. and it, uh, it, hmm. you know, you you got the 20, you still got the 24 second clock, obviously. Yep. But uh how do
4: they determine what the what the total point total would be? seven regardless.
1: Highest, so they add it's seven to wherever the highest point total
4: is. I got gotcha. you. Okay.
1: Yeah. And huh. and and then those guys is not coming to the NBA team near you, but they could do it in the G League and see if it works, couldn't they? You know, yeah. they, they uh, experiment. How do you yeah, handicap
2: that though, Pat? You can't get a you can't get a pure points line for, on that, can points you? For L?
1: You gotta. I mean, Kenny. The score could be a hundred to sixty. So there wouldn't be any excitement.
2: So there'd be nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but uh, at least you get right away of the ridiculous fouling. Although college basketball could use it more than the NBA because at least, at least NBA teams have the good taste to give up when they're 10 it wouldn't, down it with wouldn't
3: be 40 like the, seconds to go. It wouldn't be like the, the Marshall-Wichita State NCAA tournament <laughs> yes. game where they had like five reviews in the final 30 yes, seconds. Yes. So regulation. if Kenny
4: has a really crappy traffic report, I can make his next hours two minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this idea. <laughs> What
2: Harrigan does yes. to me, you may as well too. <laughs> and he doesn't tell me till we're mid report. He'll just look gives you the he'll, nope. no, He'll nope. look You'll over say me. Say that and, Twins lost yesterday.
1: The Twins <laughs> lost yesterday. You're on. And here's Kenny.
2: <laughs> at the uh, Bridgestone Invitational today, Ian Poulter leads. He's at eight under. Holy cow! Mm. Mm-hmm. Man, he's having a revival this summer. Kyle Stanley and Ricky Fowler both tied for second at 7-under. Then there's a whole lot of folks with 6, 5, and 4-under, including uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger is at 4-under. You know what Ian Coulter likes better than golf,
1: don't you? Uh, Very expensive cars. Wow, he's got some uh, machines.
2: Really? Fantastic. Uh, speaking of golf, the one-on-one match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Will take place over Thanksgiving. It's going to happen. Well, uh, this is being reported by ESPN. And it, will it be ten million dollars? Uh, they're saying they're not sure of what the purse actually will be, but it's huh. going to happen over Thanksgiving at Shadow Creek Golf Course yes, in Las Vegas. That's
1: where they. Uh, okay, that's uh, Steve Wynn's golf course, right?
2: No purse has been announced, but previous reports say there will be $10 bucks at stake. Not clear if any of the golfers, either of the golfers, will put up any of their own money in the challenge. They ought to
1: put up a mil
2: apiece, shouldn't uh, they? Well, you would think so. Yeah. The Thanksgiving weekend event will be either on Friday, November 23rd, or Saturday the 24th, according to ESPN's report. A Westgate Las Vegas Superbook has Woods as a minus 130 favorite over Mickelson, meaning bettors would have to bet 130 bucks to win 100. Okay, I can say now I won't watch it, but I'll watch it.
4: <laughs> is this a one, this is
2: a one day deal, right? Yeah, this it was is, a eighteen
4: no, holes. That the Black Friday after Thanksgiving, that'd be perfect for that, wouldn't it? Because there's
2: yeah. not much else going on. Because football is played on uh, Thursday. Hopefully,
1: everybody's out spending all their money
2: and helping the economy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Mickelson would ask if the match would take place today. Said it's a ridiculous amount of money. No matter how much money you have, this amount will take both of us out of our comfort zone.
4: Yeah, who are you kidding? By
2: the way, <laughs> I'm not right. going to
4: watch it. Yes, you are. Hey, we
1: have the. Uh, Uh, newest star of uh, Facebook uh, baseball games uh, with us when we come back. Glenn Perkins will be with us. Glenn Perkins is with us. Former twin, three-time all-star and future Fairball Laker. Reaver still has the (laughs) offer out there for you, sir. How how much is the contract?
4: Well, Perk, I'll put it to you this way. We'll sell your beer at
1: every one of our functions (laughs) and at the ballpark. That's just going to make me too busy, then. Okay. Before, uh, Perk, before we get into uh, your Facebook performance yesterday as a broadcaster, you got the woodwork, you got the smoked meats, and you got the homemade beer. Which one are you devoting more time to now?
0: Oh man, well in the summer it's definitely not the wood shop, cause that's up in a hayloft, so it's probably about 100 degrees in there right now, or I would have to see if it's, it's the brewing. Uh, that's a good summer hobby, and uh, I enjoy that. It's uh, a good experience to be outside and, and uh, cooking some stuff up and, and, you know, have it, have it a little bit as well.
1: So, uh the, the smoke meats thing, is this something you've been doing for years or did you get a new barbecue pit or what are you doing there? I've been doing that for a long time. i, I got into that. Actually it's, it's ironic. I, my brother got me into it. He's a
0: vegan now. Um and uh so he was the one that used to do it and then got me into it and so uh kinda got me hooked and I really enjoy it. It's not, I haven't done it as much lately as I'd like to, but uh a lot of other stuff on my plate
1: well you're living with three women they probably don't like to eat great big hunks of beef or pork huh yeah not huge i um,
0: pulling meat off of ribs or, or chicken <laughs> or anything like that so
1: yeah it, well they're also not
0: fans of beer but i, I still need to find time for that
1: <laughs> so what i know you're uh you you, you had your beer uh, uh for sale for a while what are you it's, is there a Perkins flavor you're seeking? Are there different flavors? What are you going for with the beer?
0: I am trying. Well, what I did with and actually, we just brewed again on July 30th. It'll be at the fair. Um, and what I did was try to make an IPA for everybody that says, oh, I don't like IPAs. And I know IPAs are like, like I mean, that they're, they're getting to the point of like cliche now that they're so popular, but uh i wanted to make one for people that, that don't typically like it that wouldn't want to drink one and, and try one and say hey i i like this and i don't usually like ipa that's kind of what i was targeting and and i think we did it pretty well with the first one we tweaked it a little bit for this one at the fair so we'll see how that turns out and uh, i'm looking forward to it though and, and i'll be there a few times to swing it and uh i think it should be good and it, it, it's fun it's just a fun hobby and. and brew guys know, are, are good people and fun to hang out with
1: so uh, not that i care since i haven't had one since 1981 but uh the big, do you make a a hearty version of an ipa or what no it's uh it's definitely not super hoppy and
0: it's six and a half percent which is about a typical standard uh ipa as far as alcohol um so it's, it's pretty mild like I mean, I want to, I don't, it's not a beer that you're going to go drink of, but it, it's definitely something you could probably drink through the forum at the fair and be just fine. So it's kind of what we're going for something that's not going to like knock you on your butt, but I mean, something that has some flavor and, and taste and is a little different. And as hard as it was to find something, especially with Surly, where they make so many different beers, Yeah, uh, we, we found like a sweet spot there that, that they didn't, it was something that they didn't make. And so I think that's why it's... You know, people have gravitated toward, and, and surely has as well. That right? it's just it's something that kind of fits a niche that they don't have.
1: So, uh, what's uh, one little woodwork question? What is the what is the that is your father in law, right? The woodworker that habit, a hobby comes from him.
0: Yeah, he got me kind of going on that probably ten years ago, um, and uh, it's it's just slowly growing from there. Where I, I got into it, the more you know it, the more you find out. And, things you want to try, and, I mean, it's always fun making stuff, and especially for other people where you make something and you get to give it to them and, and see the smile on their faces. That was a, a good feeling, and, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's I, like I said, I, it's a more of a fall, winter, spring thing. It's just not too hot up in the shop right now.
1: Hey, Perky, who, uh, who recruited you to do the uh, Facebook uh, telecast yesterday? Does uh, MLB do that? Twins do that? Who did that?
0: You know, I think that they. I think the way it works is they want uh, a guy kind of representing each team. So Jody Garrett was the Cleveland guy. I mean, it's been 15 years since he was on the Indians, but I, I think he was kind of the Cleveland guy. And then I'm sure they asked probably Morse. I would guess Dustin Morse. You know, who who would be a good fit? Um, and he said me. And I, I think it was a little bit. I, I don't think that they really have thought about me just because I'm so recently out of the game, but. Um, yeah, I was appreciative. It was an awesome experience, and, and so my hopes to do a little bit more in the future.
1: Now, you know, watching some games, listening to a telecast—is I didn't get to watch it. Is a Facebook telecast different? Do they more interchange with the players? What are they doing? Um, I think the, so they get a
0: we got an interview with each manager and then an interview with a player on both sides. So we did we did uh, Tito and Molly, and then uh, kind of Jody, and, and then Scott was kind of the, the like I guess main play by play guy. Scott Braun. he did. They did Clevin, Steve Clevenger, and then I did Gibby. Um, interviewed Gibby. So you do that, and then I think the biggest difference between the Facebook broadcast and a, and a uh, like a TV broadcast is that you don't go to commercial. And so I think the neat thing about it is that we got to either interact with fans during a commercial break, or or show some clips about some things, of either what's upcoming for the team or kind of what happened. Like it was they sent it the long way of. of this is where the Indians are headed, and this is how the Twins got to where they were. And, uh, you know, so it, it was neat in that respect, and then also, like, if an inning ended, you could carry a thought, and it wasn't just, well, that inning's over, and now you know the Twins are going to the field, and we'll start over next time with Edwin and leading off. So we got to, we kind of got to expound on some thoughts, and just have a little bit more of, like, a free-flowing discussion. Uh, it, it's cool in, in a different way. And, I mean, it's definitely not a, a standard broadcast, but uh, it was unique, and, and I think I, I I would think if they can find a way to get more people watching, it, it could be a pretty popular format.
1: You were uh, waylaid last season, uh, which turned out to be your last year in, in uh, MLB. Uh, but how uh, you were around this club? How surprised are you to uh, see this uh, season turned into this much of a flop?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, it had last year had a feeling of kind of where where a lot of things went right. And and the year before was a lot of things like everything went on and that's how you lose a hundred and three games. But last year there was a lot of things that broke, I think, in our direction. And you'd expect a little bit of like a swing back the other way, but it it kind of went almost almost all the way back to where I mean this team, going to, I don't even think they lose ninety maybe in the end, maybe around there, but you know, it's not a hundred loss team where we're I mean, it's just everything hit the fan and it, it, it's I'm shocked I mean I really am I, I talked to Molly early in the year uh, just a post one day and I said you know they, they had started out well kind of started I just said hey you know yes, you're going to end up where you belong this is a good team and, and it should be a good team and you just got to give it time and I mean he agreed and, and to see where it ended up is I don't think anybody expected that I mean I think you know the, the, the things the moves they made you would have thought maybe they could go from 85 to 90 but everyone else gets better too and so you think hey, maybe they tread water and i mean it's a, it's a 71 team right now and that's just not where anybody saw it going i mean you get you get one break here one break there and, and you could win 90 and you're not you know when you're at 85 or 86 you're not far from 90 and, and it's just everything kind of went pear-shaped on them and I didn't see it coming. I mean, the way they started in Baltimore, everybody was hotter, it was playing well. It seemed like things were going in the right direction. It's, it, they just really haven't been able to get it going since then.
1: Uh, just from a distance, obviously, you haven't been hanging around. Uh, you think uh, you think Dozier was a happy camper to get moved? I think it was a little bit bittersweet.
0: I think he really enjoyed his time here and kind of gotten ingrained in the community and with the team. Uh, I think he's a guy that likes some of the attention, some of the "Hey, I'm the guy." and he's definitely not going to be that in L.A. I think on the inverse of that is, is I think he's when he's not the guy he's going to be more successful. I think he's a guy that he can blend into a lineup and, and he's obviously a very good player. And I think when, when teams are not going into a series saying, hey, how do we get Brian Dozier out? It's, it's how do we get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy out? And maybe Dozier's the fourth or fifth guy you're going to see a little bit more of what he's going to be able to ambush. And kind of just be a guy that can Fill his spot and and not kind of be the center of attention, and I, I think it's going to end up being a good thing for him. I think that he did love it here and and like the leadership uh, aspect of of being on this team, but uh, it's just I think it's going to suit him a little better just performance wise to, to to maybe not be the, the the first guy that teams are talking about when they come into town.
1: Can they keep Sano this uh, serious-minded as he apparently was uh, for the last month uh, over the winter? That is the big mystery, I guess. Huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's a lot of what we talked about yesterday was trying to find a way to get Buxton healthy and, and at least some sort of consistency and then keeping Sano where he's at right now. He made a couple plays yesterday. I tell you what, I mean, that's the guy that came up. that, that yeah. you, you know People talk about him, hey, he's fast when he gets going. He's athletic. He can move. He can do those things. You just can't do them if you're carrying an extra 20 pounds that you don't need. And as much as people like to harp on that or as much as people say it's not because of that, there's always something to that. And, and, I mean, any guy that's a little bit lighter is going to be more athletic, going to be able to move quicker. And he made a couple of really good plays yesterday that that you haven't seen in a long time. And that's good to see. And I, I think a, 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 the, the thing that gets overlooked is the shin thing from last year, the hamstring thing from this year, where some of those things hinder people and, and as BSO players, I fell into that trap, too, where it, it may not, it, it, you may not be performing as well as you can or as well as you want to. There's things holding you back that you're not going to, A, make excuses for, and, and, B, that that people don't know about. And, and so I think those things can affect guys a lot more. And then it's the whole confidence thing. I mean, he's a confidence guy, and so he was struggling and, and not making contact and, and playing poorly in the field, and it kind of snowballs. You start to get one little shred of self-doubt in you and this game will chew you up. I mean, it happens to every guy as soon as you start to doubt yourself, and there was a little bit of that, too. So hopefully he got back on the right track. I mean, I know that's what Derek and Thad have said. is you want to give him a reset? Hopefully he did, because, I mean, if, if Buck doesn't come back up and do something, if Sineau can't stay where he's at, it's, it's going to be a long couple of years.
1: Yeah, and the face uh, where, you know, with us big guys, you can always tell by the face how fat we are, and uh, his face looks more like it Right now, looks more like 2015 than it has since 2015. He and you go back and look at that video. The swing is it's similar, but it's just it's just quicker uh, in, in 2015 than it was when he was weighing 290 pounds or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, he was he was pulling off. He was trying to cheat. You feel like you're falling slowing down, and, and the game is speeding up, and you, you try to cheat. And I mean, that's the first thing. That's when I when I would pitch, I'd look. You know, I'd watch guys hit in their first at-bat on TV to see if they were trying to cheat on something or see if they had something that was nagging them that they were trying to overcompensate for. And if you found that or during an at-bat, if I saw that, that's what I would exploit. And as soon as you see a guy like Sonora early in the season, opening up his hips early, trying to cheat to an inside pitch, uh, you, you got no chance. I mean, everything's on video now, everything's full motion, and, and you start doing that and and, and – guys are good enough that you know you're not going to hit your spot every time but you're going to be in that you know within, within a couple inches of where you're trying to throw the ball and that's all it takes if, if you can exploit a weakness on a guy and, and you know i think that's a little bit of what happened hopefully going down he lost some weight he got in better shape he's probably healthier lower body wise than he's been in a long time and and those are things that have to happen. You just you can't have success if you're swinging with your arms or if you're flying open.
1: How long was the uh, last question? How long was the outdoor ice uh, season at the uh, Perkins household? Uh, January to early April or I, in the middle I, of March. I, well, I think it lasted.
0: I think I had some friends over and we played in early February. And then I, I actually in, in April thought about reflooding the rink. We had too of snow. It, it crossed my mind like, hey, maybe I should put this stuff back in. But no, we were we were a solid. I want to say almost to Valentine's Day. Okay, I think we had ice. So well, I know you talked about getting the kids out. There's yeah, we're gonna. I'm out, gonna bring so. the
1: grandkids out, and they'll give your uh, you, you give your daughter and her buddy a whopping. Those those Woodbury kids are really good. So I'm a little scared. <laughs> okay, thanks, Burke. All right, Pat. <laughs> All right, uh, Glenn Perkins. Uh, we ran a little overtime there, but uh, that was fun. Uh, seems like he's enjoying life as a No, yeah, it doesn't man. really seem like he's having much fun. He doesn't fun. have enough to do in his life, though. Woodwork, beer, meat, outdoor rink, you know?
4: You know what he has? He has that ultimate man cave.
1: Yep. You know, and it's got... A- He's got a knack that he, I would have never struck him as a guy who can build stuff and do stuff. I thought he'd be like most baseball I'll, players and hire some.
4: I'll never forget the the photo he tweeted out. Uh, you are mentioning his father in law of the the shuffleboard table that his father in law built him out of a hockey stick. That was so cool. <laughs> it was right. so cool.
1: All right, we'll uh, we may or may not be back. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll be back. <laughs>
3: the ride with
1: Royce. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints.
3: 30 seconds, Manny. What do you got? Uh, I'll be very quick with this. Johan Santana is going into yes! the Twins Hall of Fame this weekend. My only complaint is that the injuries that he had yeah. Uh during his time. With the yeah, Mets he been a really, yeah, he probably would have been a He should have still bad. be
1: on the ballot though. My uh, baseball writing buddy screwed up by voting him off the ballot right away.
3: Gosh, he was so good with the, oh, twins, the man. Change That changeup, Jim change Cox was tells unreal. us he wants
1: Randy Johnson's fastball and Johan's change, change up, up and he's ready to go. He doesn't need anything else. <laughs> he and yeah. Ricky and
4: Keel will make a yes, comeback. Right. <laughs> uh here's my quick daily complaint, and I love the sport. I can't believe there's a football game tonight.
1: Uh, It's already football season, Yeah, and you can't believe that uh, after three minutes you will never have heard of one player. I understand that, but there's a football game tonight. Can't do anything about it. Can't do anything about it. That's my. They're gonna play. play. They're gonna play if they want to. It'd be nice to see Lamar Jackson though. Yeah, you get to play. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You run around. Uh, What's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is that Art Bell. I always thought Art. I had this mellow approach to life. I didn't realize he was zonked. Right? <laughs> Poor heart died April thirteenth. He had every every opiate known to man in him. You know, Code, right, Vicodin, and uh, all kinds of good we stuff. We don't hear
4: the word zonked much zonked. anymore. I love that word <laughs> well, zonked. That is a
1: good Murray County. Oh, that yeah. guy was
4: zonked. He was zonked.
1: There's a lot of uh, <laughs> sloshed. You don't hear sloshed anymore. One of the few know, Murray really. County terms slashed. we can use on the air. Yeah. Pickled.
3: <laughs> when somebody's drunk, oh, you yeah. don't hear
1: pickled anymore, do you? He was pickled. Speaking of that, the beer show's up
3: next. That's right. Where we'll get pickled. got to put tomato in. <laughs>